So if you're suffer if you're someone that suffers from consistent negative self-talk, you know, I'm never good enough, I'm a failure, I'm never going to be anyone. If you say those thoughts to yourself on a daily basis, there is no way you're going to think anything of yourself but that. Mm. And initially, when you have negative thought patterns, it's not easy to just the next day be like, oh, well, I think I'm amazing and to feel that way when you've been training yourself for so long to think these really negative things about yourself. So with affirmations, you have to be consistent and you have to be saying them to yourself. And it does feel really weird at the beginning when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm loved. Yeah. I'm intelligent, you know, all these things. But over time, you you almost convince your brain into thinking that these are true and then it has like a really amazing effect on your overall mood, mm. your mental state, and then you can kind of move that forward into going after whatever it is you want to achieve. It says, do not wait. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and start with whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools tools will be found as you go along. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes with your host, me, Jacques Massey. I'm on a mission to give people wings and roots, and Couple of Lattes is a podcast designed to offer simple solutions to your perceived problems, empowering you to take charge of your life. Couple of Lattes brings powerful conversations with some of the most insightful people in the world straight to your ears. You can listen to new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your chosen podcast platform, and you can even watch it on YouTube. Anyway, time to create some purpose and find some meaning in your life with this episode of Couple of Lattes. Hello, friends. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur running three successful businesses all by the age of 25, and she's only just getting started. In today's conversation, we dive into entrepreneurship, the challenges, the positives, the net gains, and of course, the net losses. There's always a uh, there's always a certain number of sacrifices that you need to make in anything in life, and entrepreneurship is definitely no different. Uh, I love the direction this chat went, and as you'll find out, today's guest has an incredibly positive personality and just really has a way of uplifting uh, any room and any conversation that she's in. So let's get into today's podcast on Couple of Lattes. I can completely relate. Like I was going insane and some of the things that I was doing in my house, I was concerned. Oh, come on, you got to tell me about this. Like I, would, I, would, I was doing random things like, I don't know, looking at random objects in my house, which I've never noticed before and being like, oh my gosh, wow, look at how that's made. I wonder how they got that in here. And then I was just sitting there thinking, okay, I'm losing the plot. Hmm. So who is the guest on today's show? Hey guys, this is Natalie Frameni. I am the co-founder of Peckish Sydney, a food publisher which showcases really amazing food content of Sydney's food scene and founder of White Butterfly Tributes, which is a funeral tribute video business. And if you couldn't tell by the businesses that I run, I am a foodie at heart. Did you ever have any moments like that? Yeah, that's kind of cool though, right? Like you're kind of starting to notice things a little bit more. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, tell me how. I, I'm really interested to know because I re listened to your podcast with Erica yesterday, I think it was, and you were talking about you were getting into meditation with the whole lockdown thing. How's that going? Yes, it's good. I'm meditating 10 minutes every morning. Mm. Um, which is incredible and super important for me because I am on the go constantly. Mm. And for me to just have 10 minutes in the morning to just center myself is super important to just calm my mind. So, yeah, it's been good. I've been consistent with it. But initially was so difficult to train my mind to just Mm. be still. Mm. Have you ever gone into meditation before? I'm super into meditation. It's kind of my jam. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I did... um... Recently, actually, I did a week-long silent meditation, which was one of the more challenging meditations I've done today. But it was so amazing. I cried a lot, which was crazy. Insane, yeah. But um, 
I had a moment, it was a really cool moment. I was telling a friend about this the, the other day, but I was sitting in the park in the botanical gardens and I'd been at the, at the park on this chair for about an hour, just watching the wind hit the leaves and just really like noticing everything that was going on. And old mate Pigeon just came and sat next to me. And little it's, friend. It's, yeah, my little friend. And it's really, <laughs> it's really weird to explain this. And sometimes people look at me funny when I say it, but I truly felt like I was having a conversation with this pigeon without any sort of words because there was, there was nothing else going on. It was just me and this pigeon. It was just sitting there, just bobbing his head. Wow, you guys uh, were vibing. We were vibing. It was such <laughs> an amazing moment. I love that. I don't think too many people can say they've vibed with the pigeon before. So <laughs> it was lockdown. I needed friends. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to kick off by acknowledging uh, that road mic that's sitting in front of you, Natalie. <laughs> and I want to I want to kind of introduce the backstory to it. You and I met uh, online. We haven't met in person yet. Hopefully, we will get to one day when I'm I'm in Sydney. We can have actually a couple of lattes. But fingers we, crossed. Yeah, we, we kind of planned this a little while ago. And then you mentioned you wanted to order a mic. But unfortunately, there is currently <laughs> a worldwide mic shortage. So first of all, Brett's <laughs> forgetting it. And secondly, why do you think there's a worldwide mic shortage? Because during COVID, every single person decided to start a podcast. Yeah, it's that or sourdough, right? A hundred percent. And I actually needed this road mic for something else for work. And I just thought, oh, if I'm purchasing this road mic, I may as well just use it when I record the podcast with Jacques. Little did I know it was going to take at least two months to arrive. <laughs> so this has been well overdue, but we're finally here. Yeah, I guess follow-up question then. Are you going to start your own podcast now that you've got a fancy mic? Look, it is a little <laughs> bit under wraps at the moment. <laughs> I have always wanted to start a podcast. Um, yeah. I have got a thousand things happening at the moment. Mm. So I think I just need to relax a little bit. But maybe mid next mm. year, it might be on the cards. I'm so pumped. And I'm glad I got, I feel like I'm, you know, when news networks get the first story, I feel like I just <laughs> got the first story. <laughs> Inside scoop right here. Sorry, Erica, <laughs> but thanks for connecting us. <laughs> Thanks, Erica. Shout out to her. Yeah, actually, go listen to the Balance Theory podcast. That's uh, that's kind of how we've connected. Um, but yeah, I guess I listened to your episode with Erica and I was like, oh man, Natalie's got such an amazing personality. She seems so pumped on life. But then she's also running three businesses at the age of how old are you? Now I'm 25. Yeah. But at the time you were 24, right? When I was listening yes. to the podcast. So I yes. guess like, I really wanted to talk to you about entrepreneurship. I guess I'll give you a little bit of an idea why I really wanted to talk to you about this topic is like, I'm not naturally entrepreneurial. I know this, this now in my twenties, I thought I was naturally entrepreneurial, but I realized that I fit very much into a creative space. And also I'm quite naturally like a leader and a guide. I feel like that's something that I'm quite naturally good at, but life has taken me on this journey where I'm now forced into a world where I have to be a little bit entrepreneurial. So from a personal selfish perspective, I really want to learn some things off you. But I also think that anyone listening to this uh, will get a lot of really, I guess, positive information if they want to be entrepreneurial. But then I think also just generally in life, because I feel like you, you've you kind of cracked the code almost like you, you've found something that or some things that you really enjoy doing. You have this amazing energy. So I think you're going to be able to share that today with people. So thank you. Thank you so much. That was an incredible intro. And I also think you need to give yourself more credit because creating a podcast that in itself shows the perseverance that you need to kind of have that um, entrepreneur personality. So thank you so much for that intro. And I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that, Nat. And I guess first question, let's move straight into it. How many businesses do you run? What are they? <laughs> And this is a two-parter because I'm amazed that you run three. I've already given it away. Apologize. Um, and then the second part of the question is, what drove you to become an entrepreneur? Because as much as I guess it's glamorized nowadays, it's not easy, right? Not easy at all. Okay, well, we'll start with part one of that question. So the businesses that I run, I've got Peckish which is a food publisher, and that is my passion project. So I launched Peckish about a year ago now, and I have a business partner for that. And the idea of Peckish is to essentially be a food publisher where we create innovative photo and video content to showcase Sydney's food scene. 
So we're a little bit different to just your average food blogger or, you know, your concrete playgrounds because it's kind of through a personal lens and I tend to be the presenter and the talent Mm. for Peckish, which Mm. is a lot of fun because I posted a couple of our videos and we're actually moving across into the TikTok space at the moment, um, which is starting to take off. Uh, A couple of our videos have reached over 100K, which is super exciting. Wow. So that's my newest baby. And I'd probably say that's just like my passion project, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely love. And if it isn't obvious, I'm a massive foodie, which is is a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, so that's my, my first business. The second one is White Butterfly Tributes. I launched that three years ago. And that business, essentially, I create funeral tribute videos, which Mm. are memorial videos that are played at a funeral service to commemorate the life of a loved one. Mm. And that's a little bit of a change in tune because it's massive. Yes. And a lot of people can't believe I'm in the funeral space, but I've been doing that for about three years now. And I really love that type of work as well. Mm. I find it super rewarding. I work with families on a very intimate personal level, um, obviously going through extreme grief, just lost someone that they really love and to provide them with a memory keepsake of their loved one is really rewarding and fulfilling. So that's business number two. I feel like if I can just quickly jump in there, that, this was one of the things you and I talked about actually when we first had a bit of our, our Zoom catch up those a couple of months ago now is like, I, I think I asked you the question, do you feel like doing that business, the white butterfly, um, like the funeral business, when you're exposed to that much death, it, it almost gives you a, a greater perspective on what's important in life. And I can't remember what you said, but I, I can feel that in your energy, Natalie. And I, I feel like it having that part of your life probably drives a lot of other areas in your life that you're really passionate about. Would, would you agree with that? 100%. I think going to funerals on a regular basis grounds you so much. Mm. I mean, I get to see a snapshot of so many different people's lives and an insight into the way they lived, the relationships that they shared with people. My favorite part, this probably sounds really strange, but my favorite part about going to funerals is listening to the eulogy mm. and just listening to why people are remembered. And I think, you know, on a weekly basis, hearing, you know, people were remembered for the relationships that they shared or for the good deeds that they did. It's really grounding. And I think I live my life in a way where I think, okay, how do I want to be remembered? Mm, And a hundred percent, I think it gives me an extra zest for life because at the end of the day, we're all going to end up there. So you really have to live each day to the fullest. Mm. You almost have to live your eulogy, right? Like I find a lot of people wait until someone dies until they say, oh, I really love this person or this person was this and this person was that. And one of the habits I've got into now is like, I will like straight up acknowledge people when they're doing something amazing. And oftentimes I notice people are uncomfortable by it. Like when I tell someone, like when I told you at the start, you know, like, I find you someone who, who really inspires me. You have this amazing energy to you. Like it's weird for us to have those conversations in life, but I guess for you, like you see all these people having these conversations with the dead and you're like, it kind of makes me think like, why don't we do that more when we're alive? You know? Definitely. We should be telling each other, you know, how appreciative we are and how much we love each other. And because I think when it gets to that moment, you don't want to have any regrets of, I wish I did that more. Mm. Hundred percent. Okay, let's. Um, I'm getting off on a tangent here. I'm getting too excited. Let's let's That's move okay. into. I'm let's, glad you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> let's um. Let's move into the last business. Yes. So the last business is social media marketing and content creation. Um. So with that, I create uh, photo and video content for a couple of clients. Um, one of my biggest clients is a chain of childcare centers. Mm-hmm. And what that involves is me going to a different childcare center once a week and creating photo and video content for their social media channels and for their website. But that is probably something that I'm 
just keeping my current clients exclusively mm-hmm. and I'm not really looking to expand that business as much moving forward because I want to kind of grow the other two and gotcha. there's only so much I can do. So yeah. that's kind of the direction I'm heading now. That makes sense. It's I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that was your first business, the social media? It one. was. It yeah. was, yes. And, and then guess, everything's kind of, yeah, so I guess been a domino kind of, effect. Yeah, right, right. I, I guess that's kind of like your bread and butter, right? Like you you kind of keep it as long as, as you need to as your foundation, but now you're moving into some areas that you're really passionate about. Peckish being the main one. Um, Definitely. White, White Butterfly, I guess, is kind of your secondary, but also such a beautiful project. And then potentially halfway through next year, a podcast, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. And I guess the second part of the question was, what drove you to become an entrepreneur? Do you think it was something, like, is it something that's been encouraged in your family? Or I'm really intrigued. That is a very good question. I think I've I've always known that I am not a nine to five office person. I've mm. always known that about myself. I think it's also because I really thrive on versatility throughout my weeks. And for me, just the whole vibe of just sitting at a desk Monday to Friday, not moving, Mm. really does not appeal to me at all. Mm. And people who know me personally know that I'm always on the go doing a million miles an hour. Everyone's like, you need to just slow down, calm down. And I think just being constrained into an office space just did not appeal to me. I had a couple of internships pretty early on um, when I was studying at uni that also kind of just deterred me from the whole big media corporation um, environment. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to go off on my own. And um, yeah, I probably started my first business when I was about 20. And I think as well, my dad is also um, a business owner. So Mm. he has owned Italian restaurants for as long as I can remember, which I think Mm. is probably where a bit of my passion for food comes from as well. So yeah, my dad has always owned restaurants. And I think seeing him be the way that he is in businesses, I've probably looked up to that a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this... um this kind of negative work experience you had, how did that kind of affect you in terms of going, you know what, I'm just going to work for myself? Or was it more the fact that you just didn't like the industry? Uh, A bit of both. So when I, so I actually studied journalism at uni and I wanted to be a journalist. And I think uh, journalists have a very overglorified career And I just thought it would be really cool to like be a news reporter and be reporting on all of the latest um, issues and things that are presenting themselves in society. So I got an internship with a pretty big uh, news corporation and I was sitting alongside the news team. Mm -hmm. And I, on a weekly basis, they would have this thing called a news wrap, which the head of each of the major Um, news outlets so you know news fashion sport would kind of come together and then they would report to um, the head guy and basically say to him these are the stories that are going to be published in the afternoon and he would say you know change this fix that and I was sitting there one day and they were saying that there was a story that was going to be published about a guy in Queensland who had driven his car off a cliff and drowned And this was the first time I was sitting into this news wrap meeting. And I think they kind of forgot that I was there. Mm. And the guy that I was working under said, you know, and unfortunately this guy drove off a cliff and he drowned. And then the head guy kind of just said like, oh, why are you saying unfortunately? And then they all just kind of started laughing and saying, oh, we're going to profit off his death anyway. And I was mortified to hear them say that. And then they all kind of looked at me and were like, oh, we've got an intern here. We've got to be careful. She doesn't report us. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, seeing the kind of attitude that these journalists had towards, I guess, making money, but in a way that just didn't align with me ethically, Mm. I just knew that wasn't for me. I wasn't really a fan of the industry. And then I kind of just went on my own path. Mm -hmm. 
That's a that's a powerful story. First of all, I want to acknowledge you on a personal level for sticking to your principles and and your values because a lot of people in that Thank situation, you. no problem. I think a lot of people in that situation wouldn't. So. Uh, especially at such a young age, like that's incredibly mature of you to do so. Like it, me at 20 years old, I, I honestly don't know what my answer would have been in, in that kind of situation. So well done. Um, I guess a positive to take away from that is, I suppose what you're doing now is you're almost becoming your own journalist boss in a sense. Like you're doing that, like the peckish side of things where you're presenting things as if you would have, uh, I guess, your your kind of dream version of that that career, which didn't work out to be, unfortunately. But then you're also potentially looking at doing, you know, like a podcast. So I think when you look at it from that that point of view, doing that study has and having that experience has led you more into the path that you, you kind of want to be, right? A hundred percent. And it's really funny that you say that. I think I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm just going to create my own career. And mm. I think that's what I'm doing at the moment, which is good. Yeah. Look at me now. So far, so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing. So I'm going to kind of shift a little bit to the tougher aspects of entrepreneurship, because like I said at the start, you know, like there's kind of this overglorification of, you know, being an entrepreneur is like easy and it's amazing. And it, it really isn't. And I'm sure you'll agree with me on that. So talk to me a little bit about the sacrifices. And before you do that, I'm, I'm going to kind of use a metaphor that a friend of mine, Chris Cannon, if he's listening into this, talk to me about it. And that's that life is like a bank account, right? And every single decision you make in life is you're either withdrawing or you're depositing into that bank account, right? And and often what I kind of refer to as short-term pleasures are a withdrawal, right? Like, oh, I'll watch Netflix tonight or I'll uh, I'll go have a drink with the lads or I'll go have a drink with the, with the girls tonight. Those are like short-term withdrawals from the bank account, right? And unfortunately, when it comes to depositing into the bank account and leaving yourself with more abundance when you get older and, and, and more abundance in life, it's hard to make those initial deposits because they feel really tough at the time. Like you have to sacrifice things. So that's kind of why I wanted to kind of mention that metaphor before you, you kind of talk about the sacrifices. Definitely could not agree more with that metaphor. And I think the longer I have been on this entrepreneur journey, the more sacrifices I continue to make. Mm. And you are 100% right in the fact that entrepreneurship is glorified and it is not easy. Mm. I think, I mean, that really resonates um, with me at the moment currently. I'm finding that work-wise, things are really ramping up Mm. and I'm having to make a lot more sacrifices than what I usually would. Mm. And, you know, I'm also quite a social person. And for me, being around people really fills me up. But at the moment, I'm having to really restrict myself on a social level. Um, The past three weekends, I have been waking up at 6.30 and been working till about 2 p.m. And I think a lot of that side of entrepreneurship, a lot of people don't see. I think as well, when you are the owner of your own business, you have no one to hide behind. So when an issue occurs and a lot of issues do take place, you have to be the face of that and take the brunt of it. And I think learning how to respond to situations that could be a little bit negative in a really professional way can sometimes be challenging because, um, I'm going to talk about me specifically, but dealing with people who are grieving is really, really challenging because when people are already highly emotional, they are more inclined to kind of lash out, not think rationally. And me being calm and not really going through what they're going through is is a really good thing, but I have to be extra understanding Mm. to people who are kind of going through these things. And throughout the the tribute video business career that I've had so far, there has been a lot of cases where I've had to deal with families who have been quite irrational Mm. um, in their approach towards the way they've been speaking to me. It's very quick deadlines. I get a call and I'm expected to finish something in two days. Um, So navigating that for me personally, is very challenging. And you just have to think of the bigger picture because 
at the end of the day, I know I'm helping these families and providing them with a beautiful thing. And you just have to understand what they're going through at the time. But it definitely provides its challenges for sure. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. You mentioned there, looking at the bigger picture, do you think that when you, I guess when you create some sort of purpose for yourself in these businesses, which I'm assuming you've you've done so with with all of the businesses as it gives you some sort of purpose. Do you feel like these sacrifices or these like short-term pains almost, uh, that it's not bearable is not the word, but they almost become like exciting to face up to because you know that by, you know, taking these hits and feeling this kind of short-term pain, you're actually serving yourself more in, in the greater picture. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people say it's so much easier to work for someone else. Mm. And it 100% is, but nothing is more rewarding than building something yourself. Mm. And I think I put up with all of the sacrifices, all of the challenges that are presented to me because I love the fact that I'm building something that is my own and that I have invested my love, sweat and tears. And I think if I'm going to wake up at 6.30 on a Saturday and work until 3 p.m. in the afternoon or if I'm going to be meeting with families at crazy hours and working around the clock, it's going to be for me Mm. and not really for someone else. Mm. And I think that's where the bigger picture of I can see long-term what I'm building, my goals, I'm very ambitious, that that allows me to overcome those short-term challenges because there is a long-term gain there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful what you just said there. It's funny, right? Like as human beings, we have this natural instinct to run away from responsibility. And it, like you said, it's easier to work for other people because that means that they take the ownership of everything that goes wrong. But when you actually start taking responsibility for yourself, and this could, even if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, entrepreneurship isn't for me. If you just take responsibility for your own damn life, like, you know, make your bed in the morning, like get up when you say you're going to get up, like go to the gym. Hey, bed. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Nailed it. <laughs> your bed looks way nicer Dick. than mine. Mine's, mine's definitely like a classic Boise bed. It's just like one one just plain sheet and just like the plainest pillows you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I love that. But at least it's not in the background. No one needs to know. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but I guess like what I'm saying is like when you start taking that ownership of your life, there's that like overwhelming pride, right? And I guess you get that to another level with entrepreneurship. 100%. I definitely think that when I decided to go out on my own, it's just so exciting when you think about, you know, what am I going to call my business, designing your own logo, like everything that you've created is all you and it's a reflection of you. And I think like what I said before, it accepts, it, it presents itself amazing um, triumphs, but also incredible challenges. But I think, you know, when you can sit there and hold your head up high and go, you know what, I persevered. Mm. And when things were really, really difficult, I didn't give up. That is really, really rewarding. And mm. you're 100%, you feel proud of yourself. Mm. Yeah, well, well done for that. I guess two little quick questions before I move on to the next topic would be maybe a couple of the hardest sacrifices that you've had to make maybe some of the hardest challenges whichever way you want to kind of approach it and then how has it transferred into like your everyday life you know like your relationships with your partner your family your friends maybe your relationship with yourself yeah let's let's see where that all right so I'll definitely start with my relationship with myself because that has been a work in progress and it's something that I am currently working on at the moment. But I think I am a massive giver and in the work that I do, I give a lot of myself and I think I can end up feeling burnt out and depleted constantly because of that. And this is something that I've started implementing recently because for a long time, I would wake up in the morning and the first thing I would do is straight into work. Like the first thing that I would do is be on the phone to clients, getting funeral videos done because I would almost prioritize them before myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'd think to myself, you know, I want to eat healthy. I want to exercise. I want to meditate, but I need to get all this stuff done first. And then once all that's done, I can then reward myself. 
But by the time the end of the day would come, I would be so exhausted that I'd just have to lay on the lounge and have a nap. And that would be me, me rewarding myself. So I had to take a really hard look at myself. And I think during COVID, when we were kind of forced to just be still and get real with ourselves, I had to kind of reevaluate my daily routine and think, I thought to myself, okay, this is not good for myself. So what I have now started implementing is a morning routine where I do something for myself every morning. Mm. And I think when I start my day for myself and I fill my cup up and, you know, I'll meditate for 10 minutes and I'll go for a nice walk and I'll write a gratitude list Mm. those little things just put me in such a good headspace for the day and then I just feel happy for myself that I've done something for myself so for the rest of the day if I'm just doing my work and speaking to everyone else like I feel okay and it's not as draining Mm. Mm. I feel so yeah relationship with myself is definitely something that I'm working on and I think it's super important to value um And then relationships with other people as well, I would say that because I'm in the digital space, a lot of my work, I am on my phone, you know, Mm. social media, replying to clients at all hours, because when you're dealing with people in the funeral business, they will message you two nights before and you're speaking to them around the clock. So that can be a little bit difficult to switch off. But one of the things that I've always done is when I am spending time with anyone, it doesn't matter who they are, I put my phone away. And that's just something that I really live by because I just think if I'm going to be spending time with you, then I'm going to give you my full attention. And I think with my closest relationships, with my partner, with my family, that's something that I really do implement because I really value my relationships and the time that I spend with them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah well done for learning those again like quite early in in terms of your entrepreneurial journey because you know like you talk to a lot of people who are I guess not workaholics but they dedicate themselves to their work because it gives them meaning and purpose and they get to a point and they've just they've forgotten about all the little tiny things in life which actually offer them the most joy like you know spending time with people you love and spending time with yourself um, so yeah I guess to link it back to the challenges you've faced as an entrepreneur, do you think that if you hadn't gone through those challenging times where you kind of realized that you were, you were failing to serve yourself and maybe others close in your life, do you think if you hadn't gone through that, you, you would have come to this conclusion as early as you have? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what I've really learned about entrepreneurship is all it is is building relationships with people. That's what business is all about. And if you can build and maintain healthy relationships with your clients, with people that you deal with, then generally you're going to have really positive business interactions. And I think that has taught me that you need to translate that into your own personal relationships. So I think overcoming those challenges that I've been through with my clients and people that I've dealt with in a business sense has also taught me how to deal with people in my personal life as well. Mm. So 100% agree. Awesome. What what do you think some of the barriers are when it comes to entrepreneurship? And I wanted to split this question in two. I wanted to ask you more in general. So just anyone listening in who, who wants to get into entrepreneurship, whether those barriers are personal, so like personal limiting beliefs or external um, barriers, and then maybe as well specifically to women because – I mean, obviously, like you're a woman yourself, and I don't know a lot about what those barriers might be in terms of uh, because, you know, I'm male myself, so I'm interested Mm. to know. A hundred percent. Well, I think one of the barriers that I have faced at the moment is probably my age, Um, especially when I started being quite young. A lot of people would kind of not take me very seriously and think that I was just kind of young, even... (laughs) Even one of the funeral homes that I deal with quite consistently, there's a lot of workers that are there and I'm always popping in and out. But as I was leaving the other day, one of the workers goes, oh, so um, how did you go on your HSC? And I'm like, I'm actually 25. (laughs) So also looking young is a barrier as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I mean, that's awesome, right? Because then when you get to 50, people will be like, oh, happy 30th birthday. <laughs> I keep telling myself that all the time. So I'm just going to roll with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think being young, a lot of people judge you and think, oh, you know, she's very young, inexperienced, doesn't really know what she's talking about. But I think um, you have to overcome that barrier. And when you are consistent in business and you develop trust and loyalty with your clients, they overlook that. But I think being young and also a female as well, um, you really kind of have to prove yourself maybe a little bit more than what you usually would. Mm. Um, in terms of the female question, I would probably say that I've been quite lucky in terms of the the clients and the people that I've dealt with. Um, my, my first client, which is a chain of childcare centers, the owner of this childcare chain is actually um, quite high up in the childcare industry. She's actually the president of the one of the childcare alliances of New South Wales. Mm. And having them as one of my clients very on in my career, I almost looked up to her in a way of just the way she conducted herself in a business sense. She stood her ground, but she was also very kind and loving and understanding to everyone. And I think having a really positive female role model very early on in my career really put my headspace in a really positive position to think, okay, well, she is so successful, very high up in her career and is a female, there's no reason why I can't be either. Mm. And we would have a lot of conversations. She was almost like a mentor and, you know, was very um, into personal development, which I'm very passionate about. And I think if you just constantly work on yourself and have belief that you can achieve whatever you set your mind to I don't really think there should be a reason why just because oh I'm a female that's going to detract from my success I mean that's my headspace anyway but I haven't had anything drastic happen where I've you know experienced major sexism in the workplace or anything like that well that's good to hear I think a couple really good little nuggets of information you you laid out there uh, and I'm glad you said it as, as mentors right and regardless of gender or, or, or race or, you know, whatever you identify as, it's always your choice to pick the people that you spend your time with and to pick the people that you learn off, right? So if you're in this place where you're constantly hanging around people who say, oh, you can't do this because of this, or you can't be this because of this, guess what? You're not going to become that person because it's constantly playing like a record tape that's stuck on repeat. Whereas if you associate yourself with people who you look up to and then emulate what they do, but in your own kind of way, you're going to succeed. It's as simple as that, right? 100%. And I think it's a combination of having an amazing mentor to guide you. And if you don't have a mentor, then there are so many incredible books that you can read that will retrain your mind into thinking that you can achieve whatever it is that you want to or listening to amazing podcasts like Couple of Lattes oh. and all the... <laughs> and all... <laughs> we better shout out Erica and the Balance Theory podcast. <laughs> and the Balance Theory as well. And there is a plethora of po podcasts where you can just listen to them as if they are your own mentor. And I just think... This is probably a message for people who suffer from limiting beliefs or feel as though they can't achieve what it is they set out to because I think whatever you think and your daily thought patterns are so influential in shaping the actions that you take and the person that you become. And if you can just implement a little bit of time every day into bettering yourself and becoming the best person that you can be and retraining your mind to think in a positive way, the results of that, you are just priceless. That's powerful. How do you go about that though? Like how, like, let's imagine a listener right, right now going, wow, like this is awesome. But like, what can I do to get my thoughts away from like all these negative aspects and all this, like putting myself down? Like what are a few easy things that people could do right now? Well, from a lot of the books that I've read, uh, daily affirmations is something that's really, really positive. So what that means is you 
say really positive things about yourself to yourself on a daily basis. And what that does is you almost trick your mind into believing the things that you're saying about yourself until your mind believes them to be true. So if you're suffer if you're someone that suffers from consistent negative self-talk, you know, I'm never good enough, I'm a failure, I'm never going to be anyone, if you say those thoughts to yourself on a daily basis, there is no way you're going to think anything of yourself but that. Mm. And initially when you have negative thought patterns, it's not easy to just the next day be like, "Oh, well I think I'm amazing" and to feel that way when you've been training yourself for so long to think these really negative things about yourself. So with affirmations, you have to be consistent and you have to be saying them to yourself. And it does feel really weird at the beginning when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm loved. Yeah. I'm intelligent, you know, all these things. But over time, you you almost convince your brain into thinking that these are true and then it has like a really amazing effect on your overall mood, mm. your mental state, and then you can kind of move that forward into going after whatever it is you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you said that. It's crazy. We were like, that's exactly what I was thinking might be the answer and it was. So maybe that mm. was an affirmation. <laughs> there you go. You put it out there, see? <laughs> yeah. I guess the only one I might add to that, and you can tell me if um, if you think you agree with this or not, but would be to just take small actions, right? Like it's all good and well planning and thinking and dreaming, but like a dream is just a dream until you actually take action towards it, right? Like even if it's a tiny, tiny action. 100%. And I actually am just going to read you one of my favorite quotes that is on my uh, sticky note on my computer. And it says, it's one of my favorite quotes by Napoleon Hill. It says, do not wait the time will never be just right. Start where you stand and start with whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools tools will be found as you go along. Awesome. That's such a good quote. Uh, is that and from, I think it, is that Oh, yeah, his, what were we going to say? Is that from his book, Think and Grow Rich? Yes, it is. Such a good book. Yes, that's one of my favourites. And I think that's so true because especially when you're starting out, it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have the best gear. I need to learn more. And all of that just slows you down. And that quote is um, is really pivotal for me because I used to think that way. And having that quote as a reminder and you just have to take that leap of faith and push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super inspired by that. And And I think this is kind of a point in the podcast where, I would want to say to people that are listening to this right now, like I'm going to be a little bit harsh here. Like if you really want this, if you really want to make your dreams your reality, like no one is going to do it for you. Listening to this podcast right now is not going to result in anything happening in your life. It's going to be your actions, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I think I think um, your thoughts are what become your actions. So if you can really just nurture what goes on in your head, that will really facilitate positive actions taking place. Mm. Yeah, totally agree with that. Powerful. I just jotted down quite a few timestamps there. So <laughs> that'll be the answer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> cool. So I guess another one, maybe a little bit of advice for listeners wanting to take a shot. Maybe something that, I don't know, 20-year-old you, when you're sitting in that boardroom and you're kind of making a decision as to, all right, I'm going to go out by myself. What would you have wanted in terms of advice at that point in your life? In terms of advice, I would definitely say just do it and put yourself out there. But one of the biggest things that is so important and that I still have to remind myself today is just remember to be kind to yourself. Mm. Because I think growing up in the realm of social media and instant gratification. Mm. As a millennial, I definitely suffer from wanting to be there now. And if I'm not there now, then I get annoyed with myself because it's like, why? And Mm. I think we're so trained to uploading something and getting however many likes straight away or responses straight away that we are a little bit disillusioned into thinking that that's the way life works and it's not. And I think for anyone wanting to start out, just enjoy the process and have fun with the journey and just know 
that good things do take time and you just have to persevere and be consistent. Mm. So that's definitely what I'd say to my 20-year-old self. Be kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. And what, what about failure? Like how, how would you kind of uh, suggest someone deals with failure? Because obviously, and regardless of whether you want to call it failure, maybe call it opportunity. Uh, I think that's a better word. But how do you deal with that? Because a lot of people, and, and you mentioned millennials having this like instant gratification. And I found that at school, it was just almost almost too much cotton wool. Like kids weren't able to fail and learn from it. They were just told, oh, it's okay. Like it's fine. Well, guess what? Like sometimes it's not fine and you need to be mm. able to deal with that. So how, what kind yeah. of advice would you give to someone around around that? Look, I would definitely say the way you deal with adversity, challenges and failures really defines who you are as a person. And I think that life is not all rainbows and sunshine. And especially with entrepreneurship, you are going to be faced with a number of challenges and failures. And like what you said before, I think you really just need to respond to any difficulty or failure with the fact that you've learned something. It's been an opportunity in itself. And I'll actually give you a story because um, I, I have read a lot of personal development books and business books even prior to me starting a business. So I did have a pretty good understanding of a lot of failures and challenges were going to take place and that was okay. Um, and I think that really helped shape me that when those failures and challenges did take place, I was in a headspace where I was expecting it and I was like, you know what, this is okay. And I'll give you a story of one of the first times I experienced a a small failure, but at the time it was really, really big. So I had just started doing funeral videos. And when you get the call for funeral videos, they can be from all over Sydney. Um, And sometimes the families would like me to go to the actual church to test the audiovisual setup at the church um, to make sure that it plays okay the day before um, and then to be there on the day to actually play it because every church system is super temperamental and that is just another challenge in itself. But when I first started, uh, I'll never forget, I, um, I had a job for a church ch- test the day before that was two hours away. And I was like, okay, this is like my first church, church test. I'm so excited, even though it's two hours away. Like this is my first gig. I'm so excited. So I called them the day before and I spoke to someone at the parish office and I just said, um, I'm putting together a tribute video for a family, for a funeral service that's taking place in a couple of days time. I'd like to come the day before to test it. I go, what do I need to bring? And she goes, oh, all you need to bring is a USB stick with the video on it and we'll be able to set it up when you get here. And I was like, Amazing. So I had just driven two hours and I'm like driving with this really positive headspace. Even though I was driving two hours, I was so excited. This was my first job. Mm. And I was listening to like jamming some music on the way there. I get there, go to the parish office and I said, hi, I'm here to um, test a video. And the woman goes, oh, yes, did you bring a laptop? And I said, (laughs) no. (laughs) I said, I just was told to bring a USB. And she goes, oh, no, we don't provide the laptop. You need to bring the laptop. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was just thinking to myself, I have just driven two hours without a laptop. <laughs> so I, I just had to compose myself for a second and I said to her, okay, well, I've actually left my laptop at home, so I'm going to have to drive back and, and come back with it. And she goes, oh, okay, no worries. So I go, yeah, so I'll probably be back in about four hours. And she goes, Okay, no worries. And I just remember driving home that day being like, okay, Nat, this is all part of the process. (laughs) Next time you're going to bring your whole laptop and your whole camera gear and everything. And ever since that day, I have bought every single possible piece of equipment that I could need (laughs) to every single church test. But I think it's those little moments where I could have easily just gone, this is just too hard. Stuff it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I learned from it and I think that's the important bit. Yeah. And I think that's like an example as well of extreme ownership almost like, all right, like it's easy at that point to blame. Maybe you could be like, well, why didn't you tell me to bring a laptop and this is all your fault, but that's not going to solve anything. So I guess that's one of the, the kind of areas you need to 
you need to navigate as an entrepreneur is like you need to be the one who's just willing to take total responsibility no matter whether it's your fault or not because you're the one that needs to produce the result right so even if it's another person who makes a mistake they don't care too much about the result like you do so definitely a lesson a hundred percent cool any any more <laughs> advice before we move into the four and one any more advice so i i would definitely I would just definitely have to say that perseverance and consistency are super important um, if you want to get into entrepreneurship and just believing in yourself because self-belief is what is going to allow you to overcome all of the difficult times. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm a big believer in having vision boards and mood boards. I'm quite a visual person. So, Mm having a visual display of what my goals and dreams are really helps me um, drive me to achieving my goals because sometimes when it does get a little bit difficult, I'll kind of look up and it's like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. And it's just like a constant reminder of, of what it is that you're working towards. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Powerful stuff. I think anyone listening to this right now is getting amazing nuggets of information. I know I am. So thank you oh, so much. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Well, anyway, let's move into the four and one. I can't believe it's already been 50 minutes. That like. Wow. That has flown. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I haven't even looked at the time once. (laughs) Yeah. This is what I love about podcasting, right? Like in this kind of format. And that's why like you and I were talking about this before Um, you asked if there was anything that you needed to know. And I find like when, when there's less structure, I just feel like it flows more like a regular conversation. That's what I love about podcasts is, it's not like dot point, dot point, dot point. It's like mm. you know, the real feeling and the real emotion behind someone's answer. Um, so thanks for like sitting, sitting through it with me. And, oh, and I'm genuinely that. having the best time. So awesome. thank you. Well, I guess this is a sign from the universe that you should definitely have a podcast then. <laughs> All right, that's it. It's happening. <laughs> yes, you heard it here first, couple of last. My first episode, giving a shout out to you for sure. Yes. <laughs> um Cool. All right, now, well, let's move into the four and one. So this is a combination of, um, I guess, challenging questions, but then also a little bit funny um, because laughter is good for the soul. Your two greatest inspirations. My two greatest inspirations. The first one would definitely have to be my mum. Mm-hmm. She is very inspiring to me and has always been my number one fan and just also is a massive role model. And she inspires me on a daily basis. Mm. Um, And my other inspiration would also have to be my partner. He as well also inspires me on a daily basis. And I think um, a lot of the achievements that I have made so far is thanks to him because he really pushes me out of my comfort zone. And I think people who are really close to you can inspire you like no one else really can. And if you've got really beautiful relationships with those close to you, it can be really inspiring. So massive shout out to them too. Awesome. That's beautiful. And what are their names? Are we allowed to uh, say their names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mum's name is Daniela and my partner's name is Mark. Daniela, Mark, and Mark, big shout out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, third one for you. One book that you would take with you to Mars. Yeah, so definitely Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Nice. That, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, solid book. Definitely in my top five. Okay. And the last question for you, and then you get one question for me. What is your dream, okay. your dream startup? Like something that you've, you've kind of always wanted to do, but maybe you don't have the, the experience yet or you don't have the funds for. Just something that's kind of always been on your mind, I guess. Okay. Are you ready for this? Because we're yeah. going to go really off topic. Let's do it. <laughs> so I am actually really into astrology wow. and star signs and birth charts and all of that. And I would love to learn astrology um, and actually learn how to read people's birth charts. So that's actually quite spiritual Um And yeah, it gives you a really deep insight into people's personalities Mm. and that really fascinates me. And I would love to start a business astrology related in some sense and maybe reading people's birth charts. That's amazing. (laughs) 
so how, how are you going to go about, I guess, taking a step towards that in the coming year? In the coming year, I don't know about that because I do have a lot on my plate at the moment, but I think that's just something that I've always been fascinated with. It's probably more so a hobby. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I had more time than what I do right now, then I'd probably dabble in that a little bit. But at the moment, I just don't have the time for it. Yeah, right. You've got, you got plenty of years ahead anyway. So that's, that's something you can do later on in life. Exactly. Amazing. Cool. Well, that's it for quick fire questions for you. You get one for me now. Okay. So I've got a bit of a deep one for you as oh, well. I'm nervous. <laughs> something I'm sweating. Similar. You should be. So <laughs> something similar that we brought up in the podcast, but I really would like to get your insights on it as well. What's a challenge that you have overcame yourself and almost turned into a positive thing? Mm, good question. A challenge of overcome. How deep do we want to go here? As deep as you want. Okay. <laughs> Probably the, the biggest challenge I've overcome in recent years, in the past five years, I had a, a very toxic relationship that I was in for a while. And it was toxic more so from my end than it was from her end. She's an amazing person, still is to this day. But anyway, regardless of what happened in that relationship, it didn't end well and it didn't end well for me in a big way because I'd put so much of my self-identity and who I was as a person into this external validator, right? Which was my ex, my ex-girlfriend. And so when things came crumbling down, I was, I felt like everything that made up Jacques Massey was just poof, gone, gone into thin air. So I went through a, a pretty severe uh, short-term depression. You know, I got into a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, and I got to a point where I was standing on a balcony and I had my hands on a rail. And for the first time in my life, I looked down and went, I wonder what I'd look like on, on the paper, pretty much. Uh, and that point there at the time was, you know, like it was horrific to think those thoughts in my mind. But now when I look back on it, I'm so immensely grateful for that moment because if I hadn't had that deep pain, that deep suffering, I wouldn't have snapped out of the the weird kind of materialistic life I'd be I'd been living for such a, a, a long period of time. Um, so that would be, yeah, probably the biggest thing for me. Does that answer your wow. question? Definitely does. That's an incredibly moving story. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. And no I think I think it's incredible that you were able to get to that point and still to this day look at it as a positive thing because it allowed you to kind of be the person that you are today. So mm. I really take my hat off to you for overcoming such a, a massive challenge like that. Thanks. I appreciate that. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for sitting down and doing this podcast with me. It's been amazing, even better than I expected. I, I kind of knew it was going to be an awesome chat. Like the first chat we had was super easy, you know, flowed really well. Um, I, I consider you someone who's definitely going to be, you know, a friend further down the track in, in my life. And I, I would say like definitely. a big inspiration to me. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Can't wait to have a couple of lattes in Sydney. Maybe we can, <laughs> you, you, Erica and, and I can sit down and, and have a good yarn, but thank you so much for this. And for anyone listening, uh, who's kind of sitting there going, wow, this person seems like maybe they could be a mentor in my life, or maybe I've got a business idea. I want to pitch to Nat. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Where's, where's the best places to, to follow you, to contact you? All that jazz? Yeah, I, I definitely say just my personal Instagram account, Natalie Frowmany. Um, you can follow me, send me a DM if this podcast resonated with you. I would love to get your thoughts on what we discussed today. Um, so yeah, my Instagram is probably the easiest place to make contact. Awesome. And what about your businesses? So Peckish is peckish.sid on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And my funeral tribute video business is White Butterfly Tributes on Instagram. Or you can just go straight to our website, which is whitebutterflytributes.com.au. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, is there anything else that you have on your mind that you, you just want to blast out to the world? <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for having me. This conversation today was incredible. You are an amazing host. And I really thought that we delved quite deep today. And thank you so much for asking me to come on. I'm really, really appreciative. No worries. I can't wait to talk again. Me too. Thanks so much, Jacques.
Hello again, friend. Thanks for listening to the entirety of that episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, huge favor to ask you. Can you please leave a five-star rating, leave a comment, leave a review, and be sure to share this with anyone in your life that you think it'll impact positively. Uh, Each and every rating and and review that we get on Apple Podcasts helps beat the algorithm and get the podcast out to more people. And I think these conversations are worth sharing. So thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode of Couple of Lattes.